Podcast. I'm Ray Ray. And I am Dave. And uh, Ray Ray made a boo boo and uh, didn't put up the collar picture, but uh, we do have uh, Colton Wright on the phone. And he it's exciting because he is brand spanking new to the Missouri Baptist uh, Apologetics Network. Welcome on the Tag Your Podcast, Colton. How you doing? Oh, doing pretty good. Thank you. Oh, yeah, I've been a long time listener, so it's kind of nice to to be on. <laughs> Man, uh, you have called in before, yeah. actually, and thanked us or asked us a question. And man, it's always been cool. I'll never forget when I met you. Uh, your pastor introduced me. He's like, "Hey, this guy is really in, into uh, into apologetics. You need to talk to him." And so I'm very excited to get to talk to you. Then you helped us at the Apollocon by running the table, and so now it is a really cool blessing to get to call you a colleague and then to get to have you on the program. So before we begin kind of talking to you a little bit about your experience, would you please just share with everyone who's listening today just a little bit about your background, who you are, and kind of what got you into apologetics in general? Well, uh, let's see, I, I guess kind of, I guess kind of go into my testimony a little bit. I, I was, I was born and raised in a church and, uh, kind of a, uh, uh, more of a liberal denomination, I could say, uh, wasn't really taught the fundamentals of the faith. So, uh, uh, when I say I was born and raised in church, I, I, I really was, um, my grandma worked in the, uh, in the daycare. So did my two aunts. They also worked in the daycare. My great grandma was in the nursery and my grandpa was the handyman that fixed everything at the church. So nice. I was constantly at church. But uh, I didn't know the first thing about the gospel. I didn't know the first thing about who God was. I, I really, um, really didn't know anything. And so I kind of uh, stumbled through life thinking I was a Christian. Um, and then it wasn't until uh, I came to came to faith. Uh, well, I wouldn't I wouldn't say necessarily came to faith then, but when I was a teenager, uh, I had a friend of mine ask me a question. He said, "Do you believe in God?" And I course, you know, I said, yeah, of course I believe in God. And he said, well, you know, that's wonderful, but you know, the devil believes in God too. And what separates you from him? And it terrified me that I didn't at the time actually have an answer. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and that really stuck with me. And I, I thought what I, what I may have had was a conversion story then. Um, but I really didn't, there was no really heart change. So then, uh, many years down the road, I, uh, I actually came through, I can actually credit apologetics a lot to uh, me coming to faith um, through many work experiences, uh, me being a nominal Christian in my faith. Yeah. I was challenged a lot, and I was not the uh, the best person when it came to uh, defending what I thought I believed. Or... Yeah. So what happened was one time I was, I was sitting down, and I remember... Uh, popping in, sitting there, you know, you're mindlessly watching YouTube for hours. And, uh, I remember it just conviction and it, I thought, man, you know, I should really, should really look at, you know, something that, you know, God has been on my mind. Maybe, maybe I should type in something. So I typed in shocking sermon or something like that. And I actually 
Uh, coincidentally, it was Jeff Durbin who popped Ooh, up. Yes. Which I think God's providence was in there. But so uh, I actually watched one of his sermons, and it was over uh, Luke chapter 14 about what a, a true disciple is. And I was deeply convicted by it. Hmm. And then I had this this urge, you know, I started reading my Bible more, and then I kind of stopped and I said, you know, I don't want to be doing this um, and learn the wrong thing. I, you know, if I'm if I'm going to pursue God, I want to know why I believe. And so I probably did what I what people shouldn't do was I went on YouTube and I googled Jehovah's Witnesses and I googled Mormons and I started watching all these videos and thank goodness in uh, in God's providence, he the first name that popped up was James White. <laughs> and so I started watching. I started watching uh, James White describe Jehovah's Witnesses to me, and and Mormons to me, and you know I, I kind of got introduced to that crowd, and uh, it it was a fantastic thing. Um, and through apologetics, I grew and strengthened and deepened in my faith. And then, uh, then I actually uh, I kind of did it backwards. I, I remember I wasn't planted in a local church yet, um, which is. Not a good thing, but uh, James White always said that you need to be planted in a local church, Mm -hmm. and so I finally went to my church, which is the church I attend now, um, Max Creek First Baptist. Mm -hmm. It's a wonderful church, and I remember walking through the doors, and uh, I just fell in love with everybody. Everyone was so nice. Um, It was just, it's been a great, uh, I love my pastor, Um, and then that's when I started telling him, and I was actually talking to him about apologetics, and that is when he directly steered me to uh, your guys' podcast. <laughs> so, and so then through that, uh, you guys have been uh, instrumental in, in my apologetics and and uh, definitely precept. I can say that. <laughs> precept, what's up? <laughs> exactly. I said it today the first time I heard about him. I'll say it to you as well. Yeah. yeah well, I'm so thankful um, for that. You know, it's just, it's, I don't need that result, you know, to prop me up or anything, but it's really awesome to know. Um, that this podcast gets out to someone and, uh, and is a means, you know, we have to keep it. This is a means. Um, there's no glory and tag. You're it. All glory mm-hmm. goes to God, um, the triune God, the father, son, and Holy spirit who has done all these things. But it's really cool to hear your story, uh, Colton, because you really got that ethos idea. You know, we had that meme where we're trying, or it said to distance, um, from doubts and to mm-hmm. isolate from fear and to uh, test positive for faith and all that kind of stuff. And you didn't run into fideism. Your, your fideism that you had, which could have been totally wrong, because if you stay in fideism, mm-hmm. you don't know if something's right or wrong. But when mm-hmm. you get shaken, you could have just kept on running away, but you didn't know if you really had faith or not. So you got shaken, yeah. and, and so you didn't run from doubts. You went to the scriptures. You went to community and went like, am, am I true? Am I actually really a Christian? And mm-hmm. so that's why you had that. So it's really awesome that you have that as your, as your ethos that you have um, preached to yourself, that the, the scriptures have preached to you, you've allowed that to happen. And that's what, you know, is missing from a lot of stuff these days is that, that ethos, knowing what you believe and mm-hmm. actually wrestling with it. So, you know, I'm glad to hear that um, in your stories, you know, you and me have a lot of the same um, thing going on there to where we, we had faith going into it, but then it got shaken um, drove us to the scriptures instead of going, taking us out of the scriptures. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. God's providence in your life there, you know, just to, to know that, um, you know, even though you might not have the same conversion story, you might have conversion story envy of somebody else that was in the gutter, 
Um, but God had good mm-hmm. providence in your life that you weren't in the gutter um, to come to him, that he kept you safe and secure um, to get you to the point where you are today. So amen to that brother. Thank you um, for sharing your story, but that is, that is just amazing um, that, you know, you, you, you have experienced apologetics the same way I have to where you have to even do apologetics to yourself. You have to go help me in my yeah. belief. So, you know, like there's a broader definition of apologetics than what's out there. And we get to stand together now and uh, mm-hmm. be people in Missouri um, to preach that, you know, apologetics is not just this one dimensional debate thing that we do, but it's something that you do to yourself. It's something that you do to other, with other Christians and it's mm-hmm. what you do with the world. And so it's, it's just awesome to hear your story, man. Just want to th- yeah, very, say thank you for sharing. Colton, I'm very encouraged. In fact, I, I will say, I remember when we met in February of 2018, I was speaking at your church for a men's breakfast, and we got introduced, and I thought, man, that guy, is, he's excited about apologetics. And uh, we began to kind of talk, and I think by that time you had Rob's Apologetics Toolkit and maybe a few other books. And uh, yeah, you just kind of took yeah. off from there and began to teach. So um, here's the cool thing. <laughs> you get on the Apologetics Network in May, is that right? Yeah, yeah. in May. Yes. yes. And, and it's not just... Just an apologetic. It's a Baptist. Yes. <laughs> you got Baptist baptized, apologetic. didn't you? You got totally yes. baptized into this I, I did. Yeah. So tell yes. us a little bit about what happens, what, like a week after you get on the network? Uh, it may have been a, it may have been a full week. I, I'm not even sure Maybe. if it was. <laughs> Maybe. It, it may have been just a few days. Uh, I remember I was actually, uh, I was driving home um, to go to uh a uh, buddy of mine, uh, his child's birthday party, and I got a phone call, and it was from an unavailable caller. And I thought, well, you know, normally I don't answer these these calls. I, I probably probably shouldn't, but I, I did. I, I just thought, well, I, I better answer this. And so I answered it, and uh, this gentleman gets on the phone, and he immediately just jumps in. You know, is this Colton? Yes, yes. Do you go to First or Max Max Creek First Baptist Church? Yes. And he, he's just drilling me. Well, why do you guys teach the heretical doctrine of hell? And he's going on. And as soon as he went straight to hell, I thought to myself, this is a weird evangelism encounter. <laughs> Someone's calling me, and this is what they're going to use. And as he was talking, I'm thinking, this is definitely a Jehovah's Witness. Yeah. Wow. Mm. <laughs> and uh, so I, I actually get my first break-in was a uh, a gentleman by the name of Nelson who I don't know if anyone else has had the experience, the, the oh, yeah. privilege of talking to him. I did. Everybody, but yeah. me, why didn't I get called? I think I might actually uh, have an X on my house and my number because I. Yeah. there was some Joe's Witnesses that came in the neighborhood a few years ago, and I asked them the question if they knew how to translate Greek. Because I was mm-hmm. off of James White, he says, you don't challenge him on that because of his experience of like a, a Jehovah's witness having something in his back pocket and said, translate this. So I'm like, yes. okay, before I talk to this guy about it, I'm, do you translate Greek? And the guy said, no. And I was like, that's all I need to know. And I walked away and then you came uh-huh. running after me and I got to talk about the Granville sharp construction oh, that's great. <laughs> and the great God that's and savior awesome. and stuff. I'm like, you know, and they pulled out their interlinear and I pulled out mine. I'm like, we both have interlinears. Great. You know, you know, but I yeah. got to at least challenge them. Like, yeah, you, you're going nowhere. Yeah, you know, so you know, just that's at least awesome. put a rock in their shoe. But yeah, that's but yeah, like I maybe because of that, maybe I just don't get calls. <laughs> well, you you may you may be the lucky one. You might be the unlucky one. <laughs> he was a uh, he was quite the handful uh, 
he was he he was not a very nice individual. I I can say that in uh, in a in a very loving way, but the most loving way I can. He was he was very hostile, mm. um, which was which was very disheartening. But uh, I kept my cool through it, which uh, that was that was. I, I prayed a lot during that conversation because I'm thinking, mm. man, this is he is nasty. But. Uh, um, we actually did have correspondence. Thank goodness. Uh, towards the end of the conversation, I mentioned to him, I said, you know, it's interesting that, uh, you've called me, but I don't have, you know, you have my information and I, I know you got it off the network. Um, I said, well, you know, how can I contact you? Because I would like to keep this dialogue going. And, uh, he said he'd be in contact with me and I was kind of having my doubts, but he, he thankfully he did. He actually did email me, which was, which was pretty good. Um, it was insightful. <laughs> what did he, what was his contingent on, uh, hell and how did you deal with that? So the, his contention on hell was one that I was, uh, I, I was not really prepared for at the time, uh, which is shame on me, but, uh, he moved to John three sixteen, and that was his, his, his linchpin. He thought for, uh, for hell, uh, the fact that, um, uh, the perishing there in John three sixteen that shall not perish, uh, that the perishing means destroyed, which mm. I knew in the new world translation, they, they translate it destroyed, but he used, that was his linchpin for the whole argument. Um, but he, I, I tried to push him and the big thing was consistency. I, I really tried to push him on consistency. Um, I said, well, if, if, that's fine. I, I granted it to him in our, in our dialogue and through email. I said, it's fine. If you want the, the Greek term apolotai, if you want to say that means destroyed, that's fine. Then translate it that way the rest of the time throughout the scriptures. Yeah. And I believe there's, I don't have my notes in front of me. But there's an instance in Mark where the same term is used or when Jesus says that he is to go to the lost sheep of Israel or, they, or when he, when he commissions the 12 and they're to go to the lost sheep of Israel, that's the same term. Well, it's translated lost in the new world translation and in just about every other translation out there, Yeah, but it's the same term. And I said, well, it wouldn't make much sense if you said go to the destroyed sheep of Israel. I said, so we have to look at the semantic domain of the word and, and see what this word means in context and how yeah. this word that you're trying to translate cannot mean destroyed given the context of what's being said. And, uh, he kind of got really hostile to that and it huh. kind of, it didn't seem to, uh, he, understand what I was yeah, actually did it, uh, saying. Turn into like, maybe saying like, well, no, you're complicating things too much. And it was just trying to get yeah. out of that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I've yeah. got the same, same thing where it's, I try to trap and, and just get them stuck in a circle and be like, yeah. you see what we're doing, but yeah, they, they don't like that. And then that's whenever they start getting really uncomfortable and it's one of the mm-hmm. things like, yeah. And, and you're trying to be like, you know, you can be as loving and you can be as nice as you can, but they, there is somehow it's so they they can't lose what they have because really, you know, yeah. Jehovah's witnesses, like they're, they're usually a better, the community than we are for one yeah. thing, you know? And so they have such strong ties um, and they might have stronger ties than we do as a community mm-hmm. to each other, like people on people. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot to lose if he's wrong. And so yeah. that's why it's really hard whenever you get them into that, that sort of circular trap um, that, that they see it mm-hmm. and 
they just have to get mad and they have to fight against because they don't want to lose everything. So we have to be very, very gentle with that situation because mm-hmm. there's a lot to lose. So where did the next little part of that conversation go after that? Did Was that the end of it or? That was kind of the beginning. And I, uh, I, you know, I, I don't, I think it was, uh, I think it was James White who said, I really don't want to be the apologist for hell. Yeah. So as much as I want to argue, you know, and it, it is scriptural, I don't really want to, I don't care if I win the argument that hell exists and there is eternal punishment after death if they still believe in a false God. Mm, amen. Um, yeah. And so I, I really, as much as I, I, I wanted to argue that, and I knew he was wrong, I really wanted to get to the deeper text, which was the deity of Christ is what I really wanted to drive on. And, uh, unfortunately in our phone dialogue, his first text he wanted to go through was John one, one. And, uh, so we, we, we went back and forth on that. And I, I eventually we got away from that. And, uh, my favorite text is always Hebrews. I just, I love, I love how the whole book of Hebrews just, just screams who Christ is and the superiority of Christ. Yes. And I I went into ever say exactly. Yeah. And I've never, uh, I've looked up stuff like that and I don't, I've never seen, I haven't still yet to see any sort of uh, Jehovah's witness commentary say like they just, they skip over it. That's, that's one thing I noticed with it is I pushed that in Hebrews one, I believe that's Hebrews one six. Um, but to the son, he says, and I read the text and I remember he was silent and he said, yeah. And he said, well, what's that text in the original context? And he, he wanted to go back to the original context. And I said, that's fine. We can go to the original context. I said, but let's deal with the context that's in Hebrews first. I said, but to the son, he says, I said, who's the he in this context? Who's talking? And he said, Jesus is talking. And I said, well, that makes no sense. If Jesus is talking to himself, I said, let's go back. Let's read. Let's let's go back. Let's let's start at Hebrews chapter one, verse one. Let's read through it. Who is the he that he's talking to? Mm-hmm. Well, it's God. The Father is calling the Son God. And I said, who does God call God? And mm-hmm. of course, I knew where he was going to go, which is, uh, you know, Jesus called you know, the Jews God, and he wanted to go there. And I said, well, we can go to those passages, but that's talking about unjust judges. I don't think you want to, that to be applied to yourself. Yeah. You know, that's really not a good text. You, you don't want that. That's, that's, that's not the same thing. And then uh, from there, it seemed he really, he didn't want to deal with Hebrews. Um, and unfortunately, I tried to get to Hebrews 1, 8 uh, through 12, and he really didn't want to go there at all yeah where which uh yeah. is the quotation from psalm uh 102 i believe yeah just said, okay psalm 102 i don't have a bible in front of me but psalm 102 where it says uh um that he created the heavens yeah. and and so on and so on and uh which then takes which you back is, to john one <laughs> yes yeah. exactly yeah. and uh interesting thing was he was really fixed on first uh, Corinthians eight, six as the linchpin mm. that, uh, Jesus is not God under any circumstances. Um, which first Corinthians eight, six for us, yes. there is one God, the father from no. whom all things and for whom we exist one Lord Jesus Christ through whom all things 
and through whom we exist. Hmm. Yeah. Yes. Unless if they in and, their text say other things with the brackets, yes. but then now the brackets removed. Yes. And and his his linchpin was uh, for there. Um, he said something really troubling to me that that I I I, I didn't. I tried to bring out more, but he didn't seem to understand was the whole argument was, well, the apostle Paul would have had to, would have to say there that Jesus is God. I said, well, that's, that's not, well, I I would, I would feel very uncomfortable telling any apostle what he has to say. (laughs) And I, I think I would let the Holy spirit, let's just let the Holy spirit talk and say what it says. And I said, well, if we look at this verse in context, um, why is why is Paul using that language? Why is Paul saying there's one God and one Lord? Well, what's he using that language for? That language is used because it's in reference to idols. And you go back, you back up a few verses. And verse, uh, I got the CSB here. So in eight four about eating food sacrificed to idols. Then we know that an idol is nothing in the world, and there is no God but one, for even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom all things are, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And I I read that to him, and he didn't, it didn't catch on. And then I said, well, what you're saying, and this is, uh, or presuppositional, I think presuppositional apologetics is so important, when it's not just for unbelievers, but we can use this for Jehovah's Witnesses and other faiths as well, is he was attacking me constantly about what I believed. But to win an argument, um, I think the most important thing is you always have to provide positive evidence for your position. Yeah, You can't just negate somebody's argument. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so I asked him, I said, well, you don't believe this. And he said, yes, I do. And I said, well, you, you believe Jesus is a God, so is Jesus a false God? Because it says here there's one God. But if you back up in verse 4, this says there's, so, there's many so-called gods. I said, so is Jesus a false God? Because John 1.1, 1, 1, you say he's a God. Mm-hmm. I said, so is Jesus a false God, or is, or is Jehovah not a Lord is Jehovah a false Lord because if you're not allowing one to be the other, if you're, if you're completely separating those two, then you, then you're saying Jehovah can't be Lord. And you're saying that Jesus can't be God. Well, now you have a problem both ways mm. in your translation. Cause you, you're, you're calling Jesus a false God or you're calling Jehovah a false Lord. Yeah. And that's uh, and so when you, they start going, now you're complicating things and yes. yeah. 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 And and I thought, well, that's just reading what the text says. Um, So, so wow, Colton, I think you did an excellent job. By the way, I I think that that was awesome. Uh, Tell me a little bit about his follow up since then. What have your encounters been with him after that? Unfortunately, our encounters have not been very very cordial. Uh, He emailed me about one or two more times after that, but. Um, it was basically more just calling me to uh, say that I was a liar, and uh, that was pretty much the end of it. Well, yeah. But so I, I did. I did extend uh, a hand to him, and I said, "You know, I, I will pray for you. Um, don't think that I'm doing this out of hate. You know, I I, I do care for you. I, I do care for your soul, and that." And I asked him 
Um, I remember several times in the conversation, I said, I'm being very polite or I don't want to be condescending, but I have to ask you're attacking me because he, you know, attacked my character multiple times during this conversation. And I said, you notice how I'm not attacking you, but I'm actually dealing with the arguments and I'm asking you to provide positive evidence. I said, I, I just want positive evidence. If you're going to deny Christ is God, then I want proof that he is Michael the Archangel. Yeah. Just give me a verse. And uh, all my, or all my everything, I, I said, well, can you give me a, uh, that there's, that you cease to live after, after death and so on and so forth. And there was, there was silence from that side. So that was very disheartening on that. Yeah. yeah. So I will share with you my conversation with him, which happened about, oh. Uh, you and I had talked like on a Tuesday or something. I can't remember if it was a Tuesday or a Thursday, like within a week of you and I talking, he called me and, uh, on no number, right when I hit it, he's like, Hey, is this, is this pastor Van Beber? Can I talk to you? I got a few questions for you. Right. And then he gave his name. He said, I'm Nelson. Got a few questions for you. And I said, now I was driving. I had my, uh, my four-year-old in the back seat, and I had just, I had just spent uh, two days in doctor's appointments, oh. uh, and spent the night at my sister's house the night before. Uh, so I was driving back from that, and because uh, I've been having some ongoing health issues, but uh, so I said, "Sir, I know you talked to my colleague Colton Wright. I really don't have much more to say than what he said because you'd already kind of told me what you'd said to him, mm-hmm. and." He said, well, well, you're supposed to answer me. I said, excuse me? He said, you're supposed to answer me. Why do you believe Why do you believe in the false doctrine of hell? And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I said, you don't know anything about me. And I'm not joking. He started to raise his voice. Yes. And I was like, yes. sir, I said, I, I don't know. And he just, I'm not joking. Right then, cut me off, mm-hmm. began to mm-hmm. berate me. I said, sir, do you just call random people and yell at them in their ear? And then he yeah. wanted to continue to yell at me. And I was like, sir, I've already spent eight years in the military. I don't think I need people that I don't know yelling at me. Mm. And then he wanted to continue. And so I just hung up on him. Then he called me back yeah. and I was like, man, I'm, uh, I mean, I didn't answer. I just thought, yeah, you know what? Um, that is not how you engage in conversation. He's already had the truth presented to him. I'm not going to do anything any different. Now I know he called Chris Bass. I believe oh, really? he called Will Hoffman. Oh yeah, he called down the whole line of folks on the I, network, but he didn't did call Adam, up. and he didn't, really? and he didn't call Travis. <laughs> huh. well, I Travis, reached out to uh, Rob Phillips after that. <laughs> yeah, what did and, Rob uh, say? Rob said that he had had an encounter with him as well, and hmm. uh, that uh, he Rob was very helpful and gave me some advice that he was. Uh, well, the first the first time before he emailed me, I'd contacted Rob, and he said, "Yeah, I think." I didn't, I couldn't remember his name for the life of me. And, uh, and we thought we were sure we were talking about the same guy. And he said, yeah, he's, he's a handful. He said, just, you know, just gave me some advice, you know, just to, to just know that he's a handful. Yeah. And, uh, I thought, well, yeah, I'm sure he's a handful. And then it was until our, our emails that were actually much more heated than, <laughs> than, uh, than the conversation. But he, he was very hostile, and towards the end of the emails, I actually said, "I said, sir, I, I want you to know that you're that I have a a record of your behavior." And I said, "You're not 
for someone claiming truth, you're really not showing signs of the spirit or fruit of the spirit. And on top of that, I said, I, I would be willing to debate you for so that your public, so that your, uh, your attitude could be on display. Mm. Um, cause I, I feel like if you have to scream and yell, the chances are you don't have an argument. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And so, you know, that's another thing to really understand about apologetics, especially in the presuppositional department. We don't do it to win. Mm-hmm. We do it as a means, uh, thinking, you know, knowing that God works uh, through his people and appeals through his people. But ultimately, mm-hmm. it's the Holy Spirit, right? So we're not trying to win. We're not trying to argue in competition with the other side. Um, and sometimes those arguments are just there to shut mouths. Mm-hmm. And so that's another thing I think uh, Saitan Bruggenkate really does a really good job at bringing that out. And his, uh, when he teaches on apologetics is the fact that we're not there to like, like for pragmatic success, the way that a lot of apologetics gets kind of, seems like it's a, it's a competition, an argument competition until you, you uh, intellectually Mm -hmm. like put somebody in a chokehold and win them over. And it's not over until they are on your side. We just Mm -hmm. are giving a reason for the hope that lies within us is what mm-hmm. it says in the text. So, so like, you know, so it stops their mouths or, or you've gained a brother and that all depends on God. So, I like the way that you said it uh, several times, Adam, where you say that uh, apologetics is evangelism. Yeah. And that's how we should look at it all the time is when you're doing apologetics, um, it's, it's because you love the other person and because you want to see them brought to Christ. You want them yeah. under the Lordship of Christ. You yes. don't want them, you don't want to uh, bash them in the head with your theological club. You mm-hmm. want to bring them to Christ. Because mm-hmm. I know in in my my state, if, if someone would have came to me as, as hostile as uh, many people are when they're quote-unquote doing apologetics, uh, you know, I would think, man, this is nasty. I don't want anything to do with Christianity. Mm-hmm. And I know personally, uh, me, and I, I, I do believe God is sovereign and he will call his elect, but I don't want to have to answer to God when I, when, when I move on and I stand before the throne and he says, you know, why were you so nasty mm. to that person? I, that scares me. It scares me to mm. death to, to, I don't want to be, I would like to be the means through which God uses, not the means in spite of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well yeah, said, man. Yes, that's great. So, uh, kind of want to funnel this down a little bit. Through that encounter, what would be some advice that you would give to someone? If you're like, hey, if you engage or a Jehovah Witness engages you, uh, what would you say would be a key piece for them? What would be some key text? Uh, what would be, you know, I think you've kind of gone over them, but if you could maybe bullet point them for us that were extremely helpful to you. I, I think you hit really hard on that. Make uh, them make a positive case, but where yes. would you go? And where uh, would you tell them to go? I would go... Um, I'm going through this uh, right now in uh, apologetics. Uh, we're teaching apologetics class on Tuesdays, and uh, we're going through some of these points. And I think some of the key points, uh, I think Charles uh, uh, said it, uh, Charles Smith said it awesome last time and I, I, on, when you guys had him on the podcast. Uh, and he said that uh, to know what you believe and to know that one thing good. You know, if that's, if that's the deity of Christ, know that. And that's, that's where I tend 
to be. I, I don't want to, I don't get lost in the weeds. I really want to focus on Jesus because I, I, I really feel that Jesus is the most important thing. Other things might be, might be rocks, might be, you know, uh, uncomfortable for them to talk about, but I want them to walk away studying Christ and nothing else. And mm-hmm. I think that um, the book of Hebrews has been an extreme help. Um, I love going to uh, Hebrews 1.8, um, but then before, as James White says, before you do that, you, you, have them read Psalm 102 verses 25 to 26 and you read that first. Mm. And then you say, who can this be applied to? And then you go from there directly to Hebrews. And if the wonderful thing is, I think in the new world translation, it's, it's awesome because in, in the Psalm, they actually, you know, they've taken out uh, capital L O R D and they put Jehovah, which is awesome. Because when they quote that in Hebrews one eight, they they don't they don't put Jehovah. Yeah, mm. they actually lowercase mm. it. It's capital L and then lowercase O R D. So they've they've purposely changed that and and say you know you can bring out your interlinear. That's a great point. The interlinear. You, let's bring it out and let's look at what the Greek text says. Well, it's actually quoting from the Septuagint. It's the same. It's a, why would you translate it one way and not one way? So. It can only be described as Jehovah. Yeah. And then from there, um, I think it's important to know, as Christians, to know the texts that are difficult to deal with. Um, stuff that we need to have an answer for. First Corinthians 8, 6. Um, you need to, to understand the context of it. Because I think understanding the context of these verses um, really takes the mirage away. You know, in the heat of the moment, they might spit out a verse and, you, and it's a stumbling block for you. Um, and you might go, oh, oh man, I, I didn't know that. Well, learn those verses, learn the context of those verses. So when they spit those verses out, you can actually go, wait a minute, let's let's back up and and see what it is. Um, so I believe it's John ten, uh, John ten fifty. Sorry, I don't have my notes in front of me. It's okay. <laughs> I know there's uh, the uh, John 12. Is it John 12? John 12, 41, where he says Isaiah uh, said these things because he saw his glory and spoke of him. Yeah, yeah yes, one of my I, favorite places. Yeah. Yes, I love that. And and just reading Isaiah 6, and, and you just, you can read it, and you, and, you know, isn't it, he, he, saw, he saw Jehovah right there, and then you go there, well, who did, who did Isaiah actually see? Well, John says he saw Jesus. Yeah. And then you go in the and, Old Testament. I mean, and Rob Phillips just wrote a book on theophany that I still need to read, but that's what yeah. we need to talk about. Who was the God who could be seen and you still live? Uh, yeah. And even that early on in, in the history. And so, um, man, there's just, there's so much there, uh, to be able to talk to, but you know, I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you, um, you extended yourself you showed grace you showed mercy to him and unfortunately in that situation that's that's greater light for him that is more of an opportunity that he had um and so we need to make sure that we stay in that uh, relationship idea of like we want to see nelson become a brother in christ and so we need to pray and uh you know whenever he ends up calling you know like we on the network need to make sure that if it's an unknown call we need to pick up that's right. And we need to and we need to go where have you been hurt? 
by us. And so that's going to be the apologetic. He doesn't need, he doesn't need that, that, uh, that technical theology. He needs Mm -hmm. covenant theology um, and covenant with each other. And so, you know, so apologetics is a lot more broad, even in that sense of um, it's, there is the physical realm, the physical relationship between the person, the interlocutor and the person talking. So, so Colton, mm-hmm. um, man, I think you just did an outstanding job on that. Um, I you. just want to make sure I put a plug out there. If you're listening to the podcast, you'd like someone to come and speak on Jehovah Witnesses. Colton is certainly one who can share a story and demonstrate through mm-hmm. that narrative how he uh, led everything back to Christ. What an amazing example. Uh, I did not have to have that trial by fire. It was a little bit easier for me. I mean, me gosh. Either. I was praying for calls, man. <laughs> so, but anyway, like, is there anything else that, like, uh, what, what do you like um, to, like, deal with? Like, what do yes. you feel that you could walk in, a youth group, small group, right in front of a big church? Like, what would you like um, people to know that you uh, deal in, that you would love to teach, that you'd like to workshop? Um, with on the uh i think uh this was the <laughs> this was the hardest thing for me uh, i remember dave uh probing me to, to to apply the network and i i mulled nights and nights thinking man what what in the world would i apply for it because um i like to uh there's there's so much mm-hmm. um so much that 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 i uh that i really read and take in but the the i would say the things I'm most passionate about, uh, I really am pre-sup. Um, it's just to me reading Van Til mm-hmm. really changed my whole outlook on how you do evangelism mm-hmm. and how that proceeds and where your, where you should be grounded and where your feet should be. And so I, I really took that. And then, um, probably one of the first things that I really dove into was uh, Mormonism because uh, I have family, which I have not, um, unfortunately, which I hopefully prayers that eventually will be able to uh, have a conversation with him about it. Um, He is in the Mormon church and he is actively involved in the Mormon church. Mm -hmm. Um, Unfortunately, I don't get much time to actually see him except maybe once a year. So man, um, you and me are, so there's so much like yeah. little connections here. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he, uh, really drove me. Um, that's probably what drove me into discovering just more about apologetics because I remember growing up thinking Mormon is just another form of Christianity. And then, um, I remember <laughs> sitting in my car and I had just watched the James White, uh, uh, on renewing your mind. Mm. Um, on that do a plug for James White there. And, uh, I, I stood there in silence for probably five minutes, just staring at my phone going, what? Mm. I was like, this isn't nothing like Christianity. And it was from that point, I was like, man, this is, it, it hurt my heart that someone could, uh, I mean, these people are nice people. Um, and you know, they're, they're not evil people, but they're wonderful, nice people, uh, loving people. And, they're so misled. Yeah. And that's another thing that they're, they've got the community that's better than a lot of communities. And so Mm -hmm. like they lose the, if if you, they could believe you and not Mm -hmm. tell you because of, so again, whenever, whenever we're doing apologetics with those things, what gets missed 
is that underlying relationship factor. Yes. And so if they, if they, they feel like they will lose everything, even though they'll only gain everything because they will still have a community. And we do as Christian churches around them, we do need to do better at community yeah. um, so that they can see, Hey, you're not losing friends. Um, you will be like what Jesus told the apostles. You'll gain friends and houses and Absolutely. lands and all that kind of stuff. Be And why is that? It's because the, the church. And so they, they, they see it done the way that institutions do community. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what they're afraid to lose. So again, it, it, two different things here. We're saying the same thing about mm-hmm. apologetics, but yeah, I appreciate you uh, bringing that out. That's, that's one thing I think is, is um, a lot of times lost. Uh, that we sometimes we tend to to break away from evangelism. Uh, we we try to separate evangelism from discipleship a lot of times. Yes, and they're that's really the, two that's terms. Like the, and that's like the universal. Yeah. That's the the umbrella yeah. where mm-hmm. you have the positive proclamation, and then the uh, on the other side, the negative side is defending. So either you're yeah. you know, and so like you, it's that it's that that effect that you know that that's what i saw too and i just went wait a second like Mm -hmm. whatever i've believed about all this stuff is like coming crashing down whenever Mm -hmm. i get into the text and whenever i get into the context and and read it as a narrative of people that have Mm -hmm. been changed by the gospel Mm -hmm. so totally like you you felt that devastating effect what what you thought was apologetics is not yes you know and so yeah so it's wonderful yes and i always think um when you're doing these encounters in when you, when you're talking, um, it's, it's in the hopes that that person will come to my church. Mm. You know, that's, that's the way I always look at it. I, I think if, if I could see that person again, um, it's not like I'm ducking my head, hiding behind the corner, like, Oh man, I hope they didn't see me again. Colton, that you is, know? that is such a great attitude. And yeah. man, I, I, I admire you for that because I'm kind of the harsh guy uh, and well, I can get a little animated we, and I can we want back to win the debate. On, yeah, and uh, <laughs> brother, I, you know, no, I mean, very real, you know, one of the, one of the great uh, failures that I have uh, when it comes to apologetics is I do flip a switch and I begin to say, I'll just destroy the argument and I don't care. Um, that's a, a very serious issue, you know, for me. Uh, and maybe I just need to write a whole little paper on here's what I need to do better. Uh, but brother, you've just got a great piece there mm. on that. And I hope you will continue in that heart because it, it's easy to lose that. And I love what you said there. I've never heard anyone say that. I am going to assume that this person would come to my church and see me and I would have to face them again. Um, Man, awesome stuff, man. Um, yeah. You are such a blessing to have on the program today. Yeah. Thank you so well, much. Uh, for, thank you, guys. You know, I enjoy finally being on the podcast. Finally. Oh, man. No problem. <laughs> yeah, and it's one of those things like anything that you That's, study. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, go for I, it, I man. You do a better job me. explaining yeah. it than I do. But yeah. If you, you know, if there's any areas of study, like uh, we had um, Charles Smith on here because he wrote a little pamphlet on Jehovah's Witnesses and, you know, his mantra kind of like, Jesus taught this, I'm going to believe Jesus. And mm-hmm. so he did that way. But if there's anything um, that you, like, 
if if you're wanting to like if you have a certain eye um or perspective or something that's missed in the presuppositional conversation you write something about that you know whatever you do um let us know what you're doing so that we can bring it on the podcast and and make it available or if you uh see something that we don't talk yeah. about that uh, you want talked about you know great example you was last summer uh we did the program on aliens right and uh will hoffman has a extensive background in studying that and so he came on with adam they did a show i was at camp that week so i watched it live and so you have an open invitation brother if you've got a little bit of a teaching piece or if you record something and you'd want us to to put it on during the live stream that's totally something we could do uh we want to make as many connections and promote missouri baptist apologetics network members to the very best of our ability i mean continually well, thank you. I really appreciate that. That is, yeah. that is awesome. I really appreciate that. And we'll just have to have you come to First Baptist sometime on a Sunday night or a Wednesday night and teach. Yeah. It's really fun. This church is awesome. <laughs> I'd appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, no yeah, problem. Thank you, so much. Well, you have a really good evening. And uh, hey, I am praying for you. Uh, saw that post uh, that you're uh, about you and your wife, and I will continue to pray about that issue uh, there. So thank yeah. you so much. I really appreciate it. Oh, man. My pleasure. Every, every man. bit of prayers. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, you guys take care. Tell Lyle I said, hey. I will do that for sure. And thank you guys so much. Hey, no problem. Talk to you later, man. Have a good night. All right. God bless. You too, man. Bye. Bye. All right. So again, Colton Wright, newest member of the Missouri Baptist Apologetics Network. Um, He's available. We're all available. Um, We're talking to Missouri. You're probably going to get a free guy to come over and talk and hang out with you guys. So. Again, yeah, and here's the thing, we're here we for. won't just go to Missouri, we'll go, we'll go listen to this and you're in Kansas, yeah. we'll come, Nebraska, we'll come, Arkansas, we'll come. North I mean, Carolina, yeah. we'll come. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, well yeah, guys, uh, thanks for uh, being with us on the live cast for uh, three and a half yeah. hours, probably, whatever it was, um, worth the time and material on this. And uh, thank you for everybody again for downloading the podcast and being a part of it. Please um, share, yes. like. Send a message to your friend that has a copy of the episode on it. Um, Just be a blessing to others. And uh, thank you always for praying for us and encouraging us. So with that said, this is the Tag Your It Podcast. I am Ray Ray. And I am Dave. And Soli. Deo. Gloria.